From rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new. Let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is Game Night. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Friday is Game Night. In this episode, we'll talk about gaming turnoffs for the dice roll, discuss the essential games every enthusiast should own, and of course, give our monthly escape room report and Friday favorites. So, uh, game nights are meant to be shared with your friends and your family. They're meant to be a group community where everyone can come together and have a good time. And the problem is that a lot of people have different tastes and opinions, you mm-hmm. know. Sometimes if you have a bigger group of people, it's harder to pick one game that everybody will like. You know, there's always going to be uh, at least one time where one person, they say, uh, I, let's leave that game on the shelf. I don't feel like playing that right now. Well, everyone has different tastes and different strengths as well. Yeah. It's, uh, that's another thing, too. Yeah, that we should probably do in a different episode, like strengths of you know, players. <laughs> but uh, today we thought we'd talk about and dive into the, um, the discussion of uh, what can make a game not as enticing for some players that makes them want to say, uh, no, uh, I'd rather play something else. What are potential red flag turnoffs? Exactly, red flag turnoffs, not including the game red flags. Though. Yes. <laughs> So we have kind of examples that we're going to give you. Now, some some things that come to mind when thinking about this that are kind of minor examples would be things like any kind of a card game where you have to do a shuffle. Like, yeah, I understand that like maybe a bad shuffle of the deck can make you feel like the game wasn't as fun, but that's kind of part of the game, you know? Yeah, we all. I mean, we all have that happen in every game. It's just yeah. It's, literally luck of the draw (laughs) yeah exactly or it's like if you're doing some kind of a dice rolling game like yahtzee where you have to get like certain numbers in a row in the Uh dice like okay maybe you're just having bad luck rolling like that combination yeah i mean there's a certain element of chance in pretty much every game i feel like yeah it's it's built into the game to be part of it of the chance of the luck of it yeah Yeah, so there's very few games that you can find that won't have some element of chance to them yeah so yeah that can be a deciding factor for some people some people don't like luck you know Mm -hmm. me personally i like to go more towards games where it's all in my court and you know something like chess like as a basic Uh example you know there's no luck in chess it's I make the decisions and I deal with the consequences. Yeah. You know, I do like a little bit of luck to tell the truth, but to tell, I I would prefer more control. Yeah, and I mean, a good game will have a balance. Like a good example is um, Ticket to Ride, which is essentially a game where you're putting down trains. Yeah. And trying to connect routes. It, there is a level of chance with that game because of how you pull the cards in order to make your routes. But at the same but time, but at the same time, a good player can overcome those odds and can make decisions that will you know you're trying to go for one route it's not happening and so you have to quickly think okay what's a different way i can get there or can i risk losing this hand and picking up something else things like that that you can get around it's not completely chance-based yeah and i like that because yes i am trying to hold out to get a orange card yes to make this route from a to b but i keep getting blacks and blues and reds so eventually i can make the decision do i want to hope because i just need that one more orange and then i can make this and it'll be easy and i have all these other cards in my hand fantastic or do i want to like okay fine i'll go around because i can make a route with black and blue cards uh-huh. you know to get there anyways i yeah. just have to go through city c instead yeah and that's a great one yeah where it's like you said it's half luck half strategy half yeah. skill even oh. if you're getting a bad pull you still have an opportunity to 
be successful in the game. Mm -hmm. Plus, the other good thing about that is that you can multitask. Mm -hmm. You can work over here on this route, and then you can work over there on that route, too. Yeah. So even if you're really stuck over here, maybe you'll get something for your secondary uh, focus, mm -hmm. you know. Um, another example of a kind of uh, aspect for games that a lot of people don't like, and I understand this complaint, but me personally, I, I once again, I kind of enjoy it, is the game takes a very long time. Yeah, and I, I'd probably be in that camp where if it takes too long, I'm going to start to get bored or annoyed with it. <laughs> First of all, I have a big complaint with all game companies. The time you put on the side of your boxes for never how long right. games take, <laughs> never right. Yeah, never right. General rule of thumb to anyone who's getting to board gaming, look at the time on the side of the box. If it says an hour, multiply that by two and a half. You know, if it says 45 minutes, multiply that by like, you know, at least another hour, you know, <laughs> like it's going to take longer than you think. And it's not just because you're new to this game or like you never played this before. It's because the games typically, if you're, you know, actually playing by the rules and stuff and you're not trying to do like, you know, like you see speed chess where the guys hit the clocks. Yeah. Unless you're doing like that, it's going to take you longer. Yeah. You know? yeah. The, I mean, it's also the same as if you look at the side of the box, it's going to tell you the player count that it goes up to. Just because a game goes up to a certain amount does not mean that is the ideal amount of people to play that There's game. There's actually a huge topic about that that we mm -hmm. can get into, yeah, about, you know, oh, it says it can go up to six, but really it should go up to four. Yeah, you know? we've definitely had games where it goes up to, like, say, six, and maybe we played it with five, and we were like, don't play it with an uneven number of players. It's not as good. It's, it's yeah, there's something wrong with it, but that's not what we're talking yeah. about here. We're talking about something that takes too long. Mm -hmm. Now, one game that I am a diehard fan of, and I will go back to it over and over again, is Risk the game of world domination in which case you are building up your little armies of dudes conquering countries by countries states by states you know area by area however you the map is divided and you are just slowly pushing your way across the map to wipe out everybody else you know mm -hmm. like that's fun and everything but just to even set up the game can take easily 90 minutes because it's okay lauren like let's say we're doing like just north america and it's just the 50 states or uh -huh. the lower 48 states rather okay lord i choose new mexico you pick a state you choose New Hampshire. Okay, I choose California. And we just go back and forth like one guy, one guy, one guy. That's tedious. Mm -hmm. Like, Thankfully, some versions of it make that a little bit easier by saying like, okay, if you're playing the red color, here you're starting like default states or areas that you control. You know, like I know the Lord of the Rings one. It goes, oh, if you're like Gondor, you control these counties or whatever they uh -huh. call them, you know. But if you're not going by those rules, it takes forever just to set it up. And then Lord help you for how long that game's going to take because it's a lot of like push forward, fall back, push forward, fall mm -hmm. back. It's like the ebbing of tides if yeah. it's a good game. If it's a bad game, you'll wipe them out in like two hours, you know, like how you did to me. Like, <laughs> I was like getting dominated. But if it's a really good game, it will... A really good game of Risk requires that you take pictures of the board and write down everything so you can come back to it later because you will not finish that because, today. Yeah, eventually people have to sleep. <laughs> yeah, eventually I have to go to work tomorrow, guys. I can't just keep doing this. But um, I understand that, yeah, people do have, you know, time limits and stuff. And there's lots of times where with our gaming group, I've kind of wanted to play Risk, especially since two of our friends that normally come have not played it before. Mm -hmm. But the main concern is that yeah, we want to go eat something first, you know? And then sometimes one of us has had like a rough day at work and don't feel like putting in three, four, five hours into this Yeah, thing. and also, you know, we, I mean, this podcast is called Friday's Game Night because we have Friday game nights. But 
being Fridays, we've all come from work, and so, and unfortunately, right now we're in a situation where some of our friends work on Saturdays. That's me. So not only do we have is everybody tired from work, but there's also that idea of I have to get up early the next morning, so we can't go till the eleven o'clocks and midnights anymore. Yeah. So you know, sometimes we like you know we don't have time for something really long. As much as they're good games, don't get me wrong. If it's if on the box it says two hours, you're in for the night. Mm. Like you know, just expect that that's gonna be like I said about times two that you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, so be prepared for that, or at least be prepared to get out your phones, take lots and lots of pictures. Like so, there's no argument. Like no, Lauren, I had Norway. What are you doing? <laughs> like you know, because when you want to go set it back up, I actually still in my risk box have a piece of paper from a game that I started playing with a friend like seven years ago <laughs> and if he ever comes back to town and wants to play again i have it ready to go you know i doubt it'll happen but yeah. still by then if i just be like let's just start a new game <laughs> no 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 we're going to finish that because i had major control over a lot of territories i am not going to give that up it's so few controls in life you have to control risk <laughs> you know what it's it's you got to take what you get <laughs> so but those are kind of like lesser examples, but still legitimate reasons to yeah. to say, uh, no, not so much the game. But some of the more ones that were, I think, a bit more prevalent in a lot of the games nowadays. Because a lot of games, they realize people don't have the entire evening or they want to have like small bite-sized things, you know, maybe mm -hmm. an hour most. So here's like some examples of things that might make a game player say, no, I don't want to do that. And the one that comes to my head immediately is overly complicated rules. Yes, definitely. Now, I'm not talking about too many pieces. That's something we're going to talk about in a little bit. I'm talking about the rules themselves are like way too thick. To yeah, read. you have a you have a book that you have to read in yeah. order to play the game. I have this game that I have that I love. And what's so great about it is that Lauren does a lot of uh, figurine painting. She's really, really good at it. And she taught me a couple of tricks of how to like, you know, get good. And I practice a lot. And this game I have that's called Invasion from Outer Space. It's by Flying Frog Productions. It's really good. It has these little figurines of like circus folk, you know, mm -hmm. like a strong man, a dancing bear in a tutu, the bearded lady, all of that. And I took my time and I painted them. And I put all my love and effort into this. And like, mm -hmm. I'm not good, but like, I think they came out okay. Yeah, you know? no, they came out good. And so I really want to play this game, but the game is impossible to know how to play. The book itself is like, 16 pages long mm -hmm. if i ever want to look up a rule it will seriously i have to say you guys go get a drink i will be here for the next five minutes trying to find where in the book it is mm -hmm. because it's laid out in a weird order yeah it's not only is the a long uh cumbersome rule book but mm -hmm. it's not well written yeah so it wasn't laid out well so in this game it's a different game it's somewhat co-op and somewhat uh versus because you have two teams one team of players is playing the circus folk who are defending their circus against the Martian team of like I think Mars attacks yeah. like little alien little, invasion little like alien guys with helmets and ray guns are like beaming down to attack and uh -huh. do whatever you know cause havoc and so it's kind of like a you know one versus two or two versus two however you want to how many players you have but the problem is that like especially with one rule like the Martians they get to shoot their ray guns every turn and there's this rule about whether or not they can shoot through certain building walls and if they're out of corner how does that work because it's a bunch of square tiles on the board and so if they're out of corner can they see into the building like they can't see into the building but if someone's in the building they can see out it's like you know mm -hmm. there's all these like kind of double-sided like rules and it's i it's hard to keep track i had to make a cheat sheet 
for how to play this game <laughs> every turn. I literally had to write on a separate piece of paper, if the Martians roll higher than five, they get this. If the players do this, they get that. You know, it's it's impossible to memorize on your uh -huh. own. Usually when it comes to our game nights, I'm like the rural lore master. You guys go, okay, Greg, how do we play this? Yeah, true, we do. You know, like we get something out, like if we were to go into the closet right now and want to play, um, uh, let's say Clank, mm -hmm. you'd be like, okay, Greg, how do we play again? Even though we played like four or five times. Yeah, but I mean, if, it, if it's a game we've played enough times, like we don't have to explain a Ticket to Ride. No, 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 I'm not saying you but... guys are like, uh, Alzheimer's, you know? Yeah, but, you know, especially if it's something we haven't played in a long time or we haven't played a lot, like um, Clank, which is a game, essentially you're doing like a dungeon crawl where you're, it's like you're building up, um, you're building up a deck of cards of things you can do yeah. and you're trying to go down and get treasure out of a dungeon. And um, we've, it's fairly new to us. Mm -hmm. We've played it a couple of times, but our friends have only played it like once or twice and long gaps in between. Yeah. So each time they're like, Okay, how how do I do this again? And they quickly pick up on it again, mm -hmm. but you do have to kind of do a reintroduction. But considering how many times I've wanted to play Invasion from Outer Space, the Martian Circus uh -huh. game, and how many times I've read that rule book trying to get it, I should know it by heart by now. I yeah. still have to refer to my stupid uh, cheat sheet page. Yeah, and and I think it's not even a matter of too many rules. It's also a matter of that they just didn't do a very good job yeah. writing those rules. It's and confounding. They they overcomplicated the game, but also we've kind of found that that game's not very well balanced either mm -hmm. like it seems like the martians have um a lot more power power than yeah. the, the others do so it becomes almost impossible when you're the circus folk mm -hmm. so you know there, there's a, a couple different things that kind of go along with that but that idea of a game that just has so many rules that it makes it almost unplayable yeah at least for some people maybe yeah and so i mean a, a, a solution that i could offer would be do house rules but at the True. same time, the problem with that is that games are crafted to be balanced by their creators, you yeah. know? And I know that because I try to make a few games myself. And to try to do a house rule with a game like this where it has so many intricate and interlocking rules, that's like saying, I have a clock. This gear makes too much noise. I want to make my own gear and put it right in there and hope it works. Uh -huh. Like, you know, it's it might work. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you might break some other part that you yeah. don't realize down the road. You're like, okay, now I have to adjust this. And then the old woman who swallowed the fly, that swallowed the spider, that swallowed the horse, and you know. Battle. Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, there's actually it when you comes to designing a game, there's actually a lot of math and statistics that oh, yeah. go into figuring out how many cards. If you ever think about okay, it's every game doesn't have the same amount of cards. There's there's thought that goes into yeah. that deciding how many they need and whatnot. Oh yes. And so if you throw a monkey wrench into that process. God knows what will happen. Yeah. I mean, some games are exempt from that, like something like Cards Against Humanity, which is a huge deck of cards. Exactly. Who cares? But other games where it's like you have so many bad cards and there's a percentage chance that you're going to draw that. If you add in more good cards, then those bad cards are not as bad anymore. Mm -hmm. Or vice versa. More bad cards, then all of a sudden they're terrible. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's, you know, overly complicating the rules. Mm. I can understand why you might say, no, I don't want to, you know, that's, uh -huh. that's, I don't want to try to wrap my brain around that. Especially like we said, it's Friday is game night. If, you're <laughs> if it's at the end of the day, guys, like yeah. you may not want to like turn on your brain that much. <laughs> yeah. As, as adults, we go through en enough. Sometimes at night we just want to have fun and we don't want to be thinking about too hard about something. Yeah. 
The other one that we're going to talk about now that I just mentioned before is too many parts, too many components. That's a big one for me, for sure. I know I'm the first person to say, in fact, when we buy games, I will look at the box and I'll say, nope, that just has too many pieces. It looks too fussy. Yeah, I don't want it. (laughs) Yeah, because normally you can flip the box over and it's back, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if it's a board game, not a card game. Yeah. And it'll show you a picture of how it looks laid out, relatively speaking, Mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes these pictures cheat. It's like all bunched together. Like, no, you would yeah. have to spread it out, you know. But even so, you can look at it and say, oh, wow, that's a that's a good amount. Of... And if you're really lucky, it'll actually have kind of a brief inventory list in the back. You know, it'll have 115 cards and 24 yeah. sets of dice and, like, you know, three sprockets and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and you'll, oh, wow, uh, okay, I don't know if I need that many uh, mm-hmm. dice in my life right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and a good example of that is... The Firefly game. <laughs> Uh, the Firefly game, which we talked about uh, before, is based upon the TV show cult classic now, I'd say, Firefly, mm. in which you have this huge board. Like, picture, huge your t- board. picture your typical game board that's like, you know, 18 by like uh, 36 or something. You know? And this is like double that. Like This is the size of your, a table. Take your arms, spread them out like three quarters of your arm width. That's like the length of this board, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's the size of a typical, like, dinner table yeah exactly and then the problem is then you need more space because it has and this is an estimation from my memory but it's not like a sarcastic like you know like over over there's like at least nine different decks of cards you have to have that maybe a dozen and they all have to have their own like deck and discard piles then you have four different like you know things of tokens that you have to like have and like the tokens all you have to have Uh them ready to do stuff and then you have to have your little uh ship profile big plastic thing that's like uh like a seven by 12 in front of you that has all your details and you have to have room for cards for your crewmen that you recruit for your, your ship and it's <laughs> like it's it's I, i'm getting upset talking about how yeah, much room this it's, takes it, it takes it's kind of a combination of all these things in a way firefly it takes up way too much space it has way too many components and if you have that many components you know that it's got to have a lot the of thing roles. about firefly though it does have a lot of rules but they all tie together. It's not like individual things. It's like this rule applies to here, 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 and here. You know, uh-huh. it's not like this one rule goes to this one thing. That yeah. Rule. So, but like, it's definitely you're right. It does have a lot of rules. It's definitely not the easiest game to explain. Its biggest sin is all the components because yeah. it, I I've played it a lot of times with one of our older friends, mm-hmm. and I still don't know what those teardrop tokens do. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like oh frowny face. Like this guy's like demoralized. Like what? What? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. There's, oh, and also there's money. It's like Monopoly. You have all the money stacks, and you have to keep track of that. <laughs> so it's a lot of stuff that happens. You're like, oh, Lord, like yeah. I, I can't even handle all this Just right now. Just setting it up alone is a task. And then, like we said, it's it's you're pretty much, if you've seen the show Firefly, you know how many like you know different planets they go to in the show. They have every single planet represented. They have every single character represented in these cars. It's insanity. It's the <laughs> ultimate like Firefly fans dream game. Yeah. But like I said, good luck playing that with anyone who's not a diehard fan. True. Yeah. I remember I played it with uh, our friend Elliot, who was the one who had it. And not only did he want to play that game, he wanted to play Firefly the entire series on the TV in the background <laughs> for like. And it's like I'm not watching that. I'm trying to figure out how this works. You know. <laughs> and keep track of all the little tokens in front of me. So it's it's a fun game, don't get me wrong. It's not su- it looks daunting. Yes. And that's I think that's the key word for here. Is is it a daunting amount of pieces? Mm. Is it like whoa. Yeah. It's it's the game that you get out and a person who's new to it says, "Oh, I I'm not sure. I, I you know, they automatically are scared." Here's my rule of thumb. If 
you can't hold all the pieces in your two hands for as many players as you have. Too many pieces, <laughs> right? <laughs> if like if we're if it's if it's supposed to be a two play game and you and I together can't hold all the stuff in both of our hands, too many pieces. Yeah. No, move on. Yeah. <laughs> Another game that I think kind of a little hard to explain, but I'm going to try my best. It's games where you benefit really well. You have almost an advantage of the game if you know the person you're playing with really mm-hmm. well. One thing that we did this past year, 2017, that I hope, look forward to doing in 2018, is we went to Tabletop Day. Uh-huh. We actually went out to a store, and we played games with strangers, and we made a few new friends. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where we first played that game, Clank, that you mentioned before. Yeah. You know? And we loved it. We were like, this is a fantastic game. Let's play. Let's actually get this. You know? Mm-hmm. There are some games, though, where you kind of have to be inside the person's head. You have to know the person that you're playing with really well to get what they're doing. Yeah. Well, another good example is um, a party game that we like to play called Red Flags, Mm -hmm. which is essentially you're trying to, you're trying to create like the perfect date or partner for somebody who's acting as a judge. But at the same time, you're also trying to sabotage the person next to you by giving them a red flag, which is something bad. Yeah. And you can play it with strangers. You could. But it's going to play a lot better with people you know because you can kind of customize it to that person. Oh, I know Greg likes these things, so my person's going to be these things. And I know he hates this thing, so I'm going to play this red flag that he will hate on my partner. Exactly. If you know that your your sister or boyfriend or whatever loves... Um, you know, uh, New York, mm-hmm. for example, you can have a card in your hand that says like you have a penthouse in New York or like in fill in the city. Yeah. So you can say New York. And if you know that they absolutely hate clowns, play like, but the person's always dressed up like a clown for the other player to your right. To sabotage them. To sabotage that person. So that's great because then like the person could have made the perfect combination. Sorry, but clowns, I can't. Yeah. No. And they'll be like, really? Like you're going to, I wasted good cards because, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it's fun like that. You yeah. Know? Whereas if you don't know someone, you can pick good things, but you can't really do it's, as well. It's like you're playing with a handicap. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's you're playing with a handicap and it's not, it doesn't make the game less, it doesn't make the game not fun. It's just not as fun as it could it's be. It's not as fun as it could be. Yeah. I think it's I I think it's that the game is this fun mm-hmm. with regular people like that you don't know, you know, uh-huh. like new people, but it's it's better if you know them. If you know them. I'm not saying that it's supposed to be at a higher level of you know the people and then it drops down. Uh-huh. I don't want to make the game seem negative that way. Yeah. I want to say that the game starts at the lower level of I just meeting these people, let's kind of get to know each other, have fun with strangers. And then if you do happen to know someone, then it elevates. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got that potential boost, but at the same time, you know, maybe not for everybody, especially if it's, especially if you introduce a new person to the group. Mm-hmm. We actually just recently uh, added a new person into our regular uh, game night group. And to play that game with her, I feel like she'd be like, I'm just going to yeah, throw exactly. these out. Yeah. And, and yeah, and also that would be the problem too is if you're playing with a big group of people and most of those people know each other and one person doesn't, yeah. they're at a real disadvantage and it might be not as fun for them. And in that game, you typically want to like, you know, if you win a, have a winning combination, you keep it, you put it to the side and you say like, oh, how many did you win uh-huh. at the end? It would be kind of discouraging, I think, if like you won four and he won three and she won like five over there, and then the new guy, uh, he got like two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. and he was lucky to get those. You know, mm-hmm. like it'd be oh, okay. I guess I don't. I guess I'm the fifth wheel or whatever. You know? <laughs> so I can understand how, like, yeah, that might be a little discouraging. Like, no, mm-hmm. let's play something else. You know. 
But like, you know, the other thing is you got to remember with that whole point system, some games that just meant to be played for fun now, you mm-hmm. know, and we ha- that's, I think, a thing that people sometimes lose sight of. Play the games to enjoy the game. Don't necessarily, it's not all about winning, you know, even if I get a chance to play Risk. You know, mm. I just enjoyed the fact that I got to play, you know, like, yeah, you wiped the floor with me, but hey, we could talk about it later, <laughs> but how you absolutely positively, like, just clean swept me and like, I think it was eight turns, <laughs> like that, which is pretty much a speed run, you know, <laughs> and the other things like, uh, like the Cards Against Humanity, you know, a uh, more adult version of uh, Red Flags, where it's all swear words back and forth and everything. It, it's not about like, yeah, you can count at the end, like, oh, I think the rules actually say if the first person to win five rounds wins. Yeah, we never but, like, play that. We don't play that. We we keep playing we until we until feel we're like tired. we're done. Yeah. You go until you're done and then you see who happened to maybe have the most. Yeah. You know, and then it's like a little oh yeah, yeah I won, I got the most. Uh-huh. And then it's it's not even like a you get a reward, like here's a cookie. You mm-hmm. know, it's okay, and then we're packing it up. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> don't focus on the victory, focus on the journey, you know. The last uh kind of main aspect or mechanic that I think is fun but I understand a lot of people don't necessarily get into is there's a lot of games that have come out in the past few years and are coming out that rely upon your ability to storytell mm-hmm. to to string together a narrative on the fly yeah you know and not everybody one that does take a level of creativity then maybe some people it's just not that they're not creative people but that's just not their strength also it um it can put people on the spot and they can feel uncomfortable yeah. having to have that spotlight on them. I mean, I know that even in something that you're experienced with or that you know really well, if you're like, hey, Lord, what's the name of that one guy? You know, and you'd be, oh, oh, I know him. And like, what's his name? What's his name? Yeah, you, know? you, you get put on the spot and your mind goes blank. So imagine doing that, but not only do you have to do that, but you have to also like, you know, be creative and imaginative and come up with something that also you have to remember the story that happened before. Uh-huh. How can I make this link and put together and where can I guide it towards the end and it's up, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, it's one of those things that not everyone's comfortable doing and also it's kind of not everyone's good at. To tell the truth, I enjoy it, but I, I myself feel like I'm mediocre at it. You know, I mean, maybe you think differently because you've seen me play a couple of games like that. But I think I'm okay. I think I'm the best, but I still relatively enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, okay. So there's this card game uh, called Gloom, in which case you have a family of like four or five members. I forget what, and they're all very macabre looking, you know, and uh-huh. uh, very like Edgar Allan Poe kind yes, of theme, you for know. Sure. And what's cool about the cards is that um, you have these transparent cards, you know, that have little point values on them. And then you lay them down onto the different characters of the family. And then you're doing bad things like, oh, he got stunned by bees. Or she got, like, you know, cursed by a mummy. Or he got super rich because he won the lottery. And they're all, like, plus things to make him happy or minus things to make him negative. And the point of the game is you want your people in your family to be as miserable and negative as possible and then kill them. <laughs> and each card has a little description, you know, like was assaulted by an asp, mm-hmm. you know, or was bitten by a bear. You know, Uh things like that, horrible things that like, oh my goodness, that's bad. And part of the fun of the game is, you know, Lauren, Mrs. Havisham, she got stood up at her wedding. We know that. (laughs) What was really, really bad though, was when she's sitting there in her little room, all depressed with her wedding cake and her wedding dress, um, there was a, there was a a surprise box that she never opened and she finally did. And uh, she was um, disturbed by a deceased dog. And I put that card down, you know, because there's a dead puppy inside of the box, you know. Uh-huh. And then you're like, oh, wow, that was like, you just told a story there. Like, you know, I have uh-huh. the narrative. But I've played it with a friend where 
who was starting to go nameless. You know? <laughs> but I played with a friend where he was not into that storytelling. Mm -hmm. He was like, let's get on with it. I want to play my card. And at one point he literally said, oh my goodness, stop talking and play your card. And I'm like, but that's, that's the point of the that's game. That's the point of the game. Yeah. The point of the game is to narrate what that bad thing was. Yeah. Like, yes, you could just play the card, play the card, play the mm. card. But I think part of the fun of that game is to develop the actual, like, tale, you know? Uh -huh. like, and we have this joke going on. One of the families, one of the members is a, a dog, like an old basset hound or something uh -huh. and we always joke that that dog has the most miserable life because no one lets it die like <laughs> that dog is always the last one to die in the family and even if it's about to die you can sometimes play cards that prevent that death so like oh he has so many near-death experiences and then he gets brought back to life and the dog just goes through like heck you know <laughs> that dog himself is like dante the nine layers of heck, uh -huh. uh, hell you know it's like that poor miserable thing Okay, Greg's in this thing where he keeps saying heck lately instead of hell. I'm not sure what's happened to his brain. I, 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 <laughs> he was doing that earlier. So I was. No, I, I think I, he had a stroke. Sorry, I, listeners. I, I, <laughs> I, well, I told you it's because hell is the place of fire and brimstone. Heck is essentially office space where it's like, you know, your own like cubicle hell, you know. Okay. And so the dog's not going, it's a, all dogs go to heaven, Lauren, but some dogs go to heck. Okay. So <laughs> that's the trick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's, there's ones with storytelling like that. There's also that one um, that I had for a little while called Once Upon a Time, mm -hmm. where they give you fairy tale themed cards and you just, they give you cards that have aspects like a tower, a wishing well, a dragon. And the point is to put them into a story. Put them into a story. Yeah, you tell a yeah. story and you play the card like the ogre and you put down the ogre mm -hmm. card, you know, whatever. But some people just, they have difficulties. With yeah, they, it, they either have difficulties or that with that or it's just not something that's interesting to them. Mm -hmm. I think the moral of the story is kind of know your crowd a little bit yeah. and know games that are not maybe suitable for everybody. Even if you don't really know your crowd, just know like, Ooh, this game might not be suitable for this big group or something mm -hmm. like that. Or the, or the situation even. We've had games that it's not that they're not fun. They just did not work for that situation. Like you said, once upon a time, we tried to play that at a party once. And it was just that kind of game in that setting just didn't work because people were too distracted. They were, you know, they were more inter interested in food or talking or drinking or things like that. That trying to tell a story was just not happening. That, yeah, I do remember that party. And yeah. yeah. It, I mean, we had a good time, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, some sometimes games like that, they have to be the main focus. And yeah. if they're not, then it's, it's essentially you might as well just be making it up as you go along. Like, you know, the, the game doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, exactly. It's it's like herding cats to try to keep everyone focused. Yeah, there it is, there it is. It's herding cats. I yeah, like that. Yeah, trying to keep everyone focused on a game like that. It's just not going to happen. Whereas a game like Cards Against Humanity might work better in a group well, like that. Well, Cards Against Humanity, you can put your card down and then, like, go talk to someone else for, like, 30 seconds while the person gathers them up and looks at them all and decides mm -hmm. which one he or she yeah. wants. But this one, everyone has to be fully engaged and paying attention because yeah. otherwise I don't want to play, like, a two-minute catch-up of, like, let me recap. The story so far. <laughs> In our previous episode. Yeah. We... It's like lost, right? You have to keep like doing flashbacks about like what happened, you know, previously, <laughs> previously in gloom. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a combination of knowing your crowd and knowing your situation and then also knowing your games mm -hmm. and knowing what just doesn't work right in certain situations. Yeah. So I think the, the last thing that you really want is to start a game and then two or three rounds in have the person go, oh no, I'm no. Yeah, or start a game, get halfway through, and then the person being like, I really need to get going, you know? Like, yeah. can we wrap this up? Because <laughs> then everyone else is like, oh, okay, well, or, I was having a good time, but then now there goes the movie. Yeah, or start a game that not everyone's going to be comfortable playing. Maybe you have people who don't 
like the spotlight and this game causes them to have the spotlight turned on them. Or maybe you have someone who doesn't like, uh, you know, more adult and mature things like swearing. Yeah. And then I know that if I played Cards Against Humanity with my sister, she would just look at her cards, put them down and politely excuse herself out of the room and say, I'm going to go home now. (laughs) Like, you know, because no thank you to all of those. Yeah. Or if they're, you know, if there's kids in the group, got to think about Okay, yeah. is this game appropriate? <laughs> and kids goes back to the complicated rules. Is this too complicated for them? Yeah. Based upon their age, you know, and um, their level of understanding and be able to follow instructions and rules. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, of course, there's like, you know, some 10-year-olds who are really good at, you know. Oh, yeah. Something. Yeah. I mean, it, it also, depends on the kid. But... but, you know, I've also known 20-year-olds who are really bad at following directions. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so we've talked a lot about games that you know maybe are not necessarily for everyone but i think you could argue even if there are like you know because everyone should have a good collection Mm -hmm. of board games i don't think anyone just wants to have one board game and then that's all i play you know you don't want just vanilla ice cream the rest of your life have some chocolate have some (laughs) strawberry have some pistachio that's my favorite but i think that uh these are kind of like an essential list of you don't have to have everything on the list, but you should have like a, a smattering of a few of these games. And so we're going to, in our dice roll segment now, talk about some board game essentials. So for board game essentials, we were thinking about, okay, say you are, you know, you're an enthusiast. You're into games. I'm an enthusiast. So have, I'm into games. You're into games. So what are the games that you should have? What are And not just the specific games, but the type of games that every enthusiast should own. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the first ones, we should get it right out, right out in the open. If you are a game enthusiast, you should have at least one copy of Ticket to Ride. Boop, boop. And we already <laughs> talked about what Ticket to Ride is. But basically, this is a game that there's multiple versions of it. Well, that That's a good thing I like, by the way. I do mm-hmm. like it when there's a game that comes out with multiple versions because there's a version for everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, even going to something like Monopoly, which, like, we've talked about how, like, you know, this kind of old school, like, not, you know, out of, like, vogue now. But still, I did appreciate that Monopoly, like, had a version of every- There was a supernatural Monopoly based upon yeah. the TV show that's out right now. <laughs> I was like, okay, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a supernatural fan and you like Monopoly, this is for you. Stick and Ride's the same thing where they can have a map about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a map about the United States. There's a map about just the state of Pennsylvania. There's a map about, you know, uh, about uh, all of the world. And there's a map about just Southeast Asia. You know, it's whatever you want. Yeah, you know? and, and the thing I like about Ticket to Ride is all of them are very similar. Mm-hmm. But they'll have, like, one different mechanic that makes them slightly different. And yet that mechanic is optional. True, true, very true. But so it makes it very easy to pick up a new version constantly mm. and start playing. With You don't really have to relearn a lot of rules. Yeah. Um, usually at the most have to learn one extra thing. Um, but there may be some, there, just based on that, there's maybe some where there's certain mechanics that you like better than others. And so therefore this one map is your favorite map. Yeah, because it has the train stations that let you borrow someone else's line. Or it has the uh, dangerous passes where you have to spend an extra train token to put down trains there or whatever. You yeah, know. but the reason I think it's an essential is because one, it's always a crowd pleaser. Yeah. It's kind of one of the games that is like the most uh, often used as a gateway to get new people into gaming. Yep. So that's why I think it's kind of an essential that you should always have it. Um, the other thing that we were talking about that we think you should always have is if you're a game enthusiast, you should have some kind of party game. At mm-hmm. least one party game. Yeah, something that anyone can jump into. Yeah. I think, you know, for us, one of our favorites is, of course, Cards Against Humanity. Um, because we're adults and we like to laugh at gross things. Yeah. 
And, and I think it's one that now that it's so popular that a lot of people know how to play it. So it's always an easy one where you can just pull it out and just start playing. Even, you know, it's a good one for filling time while you're waiting for people to get there. Mm -hmm. You can play it while you're eating. The other good thing is that that's a game that you can drop in and out of. True. If I suddenly have to go take a phone call or you're like, oh, I'm going to go use the restroom or like another friend's like, oh, the, the stove is boiling over. Let me go take care of that. You know? uh -huh. like, they can easily just put their hand down, walk away. The game can continue as normal. Yeah, they miss a round or two, whatever, but it's not like we have to wait for them. Yeah, you know? or you like, can always deal people in again. I mean, I, like I don't want to sound like I'm rude. Like, you know, you can choose to wait from them. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But, you, know. <laughs> you know, there's also, there's other... Um, party games too yeah you know we talked earlier about red flags that's a party game yeah there's lots of ones i i think cards against humanity is just the one that like is super popular that a lot of people like mm -hmm. um so if you host a lot of adult get-togethers yeah that's a good one to always have on on yourself exactly um another one that i like going to back to the actual board games because mm -hmm. card games are fun but i prefer a good board myself uh one that's everyone should have a copy of is settlers of Catan. Where you are settlers on an island known as Catan. Do you see where the title comes from? <laughs> and you are establishing colonies by placing down like little tokens and you're gathering resources. You roll a dice and whatever number comes up, that's the resources that you get. You know, so then hopefully you get a good placement for your colony. So you're like, oh, I keep rolling fives. Great. I'm getting tons of wood, you know, or tons of stone or whatever. And then, um, you know, it's one of those ones that's easy to pick up difficult to master like you can still have a good time you know but like there's guys out there that are pro mm -hmm. that know like if i don't get this one spot like the game's over you know yeah well and so of Gatan, that's like it's the it's sort of the granddaddy of the games it's, yeah. it's what sparked the game kind of the reintroduction of games to everybody yeah. um it was the the euro game that came to america that made it big this is my art history nerd coming out it was the donatello of the renaissance for games <laughs> yeah it, yeah it, it sparked you know a whole new generation of games so that's why it's kind of on every you know everybody has it kind of thing uh, another one that i think no self-respecting gamer should be without is at least one copy, whatever theme you want, of Munchkin. Yes. I feel like you have to, that's that's standard issue. Once again, it all plays the same. You can even mix and match them mm -hmm. as much as you want, but it's all different themes. They have a sci-fi theme, a cowboy, they have a James Bond theme, which for some <laughs> reason I don't have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think my problem is they, they also, for the more popular ones, mm -hmm. like they have a Dungeons and Dragons themed one. And they also have like a, a pirate theme one. The more popular versions, they keep releasing expansion packs for. Uh huh. They also just recently started a Marvel superhero one. Yes. And they released a ton of expansions for that because people like Marvel superheroes. Uh -huh. Surprise, surprise, yeah. Hollywood box office. <laughs> but I think the reason I didn't get the spy one is because they just did the basic one and they never made an expansion because yeah. spy is not as big of a genre as it used mm -hmm. to be. And that's fine. But uh, it's definitely a fun card game in which you can play a character which you equip yourself with weapons and items and armor and maybe even a class or a race depending on what kind of uh, version you're playing you play a steampunk version yeah, we have so a steampunk it's like one. a society class like are you an engineer are you a baron things like that uh -huh. and then you just go through this dungeon quote quote made out of cards essentially just kicking down doors and then there's a monster in there and fighting monsters yeah and it's it essentially boils down to a, it's a numbers game mm -hmm. my character with all their bonuses of their cards i say plus five at the top and plus three at the top i'm equal to 17 this monster says he's a 16 17 better than 16 i win 
Uh-huh. But then you can come in, and you can put down a card that says, uh-uh, the monster's a plus five, because he's actually, uh, he's actually uh, precognizant of your arrival. Yeah, so I think, I just feel like Munchkin's one that, you know, it's standard issue, everyone should have at least one copy of it. The other thing that I think every good um, gamer should have is some kind of cooperative game. You gotta have something where you can get together, not yeah. just versus but like work as a team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So which one would you pick for that? Um, I, you know, Pandemic is always a good one where mm-hmm. essentially you are going around trying to solve outbreaks of diseases. Um, you're all working together. Another good one is Forbidden Desert where you're all trying to, or Forbidden Island. They both yeah. kind of play the same where essentially you're trying to escape a flooding island um, with certain uh, um, objects. Artifacts, oh, artifacts in tow. Artifacts yeah. in tow. Those, you know, those are the the really um, the most popular ones that I can mm-hmm. think of. And those ones are interesting because, yeah, it's every player together versus the game. The game, The yeah. game has built-in mechanics where with each turn, it slowly starts to work towards defeating you, where mm-hmm. it starts to spread diseases, so it starts to d- remove sections of the actual board that's made out of, like, individual cards that you lay down, you know, uh, so that you can't go there anymore. And then, you know, if something disappears that you needed to grab, then game over. Yeah, you know? but it's, you're you all win together or you all lose together. And... It's usually designed in a way that there's only one way to win, but like five different ways to lose. <laughs> True, yeah. You know, so it's you have to juggle a lot of different, uh, you know, concerns at the same time while focusing on your goal. And yeah. sometimes I'll be focused too much on like, I have to keep this island afloat. I have to keep like shoring up these things to make sure they don't flood and like go away. But I'm not doing my job of, you know, you should go to that temple and grab the artifact while you're right there. Mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's all about working together and teamwork. And I think that's always an important component to be able to have because you don't always want to be player versus player. Uh, the other kind of last one I would say is um, it's always good to have a hidden trader game in your yes. collection. So I think, you know, there's resistance mm-hmm. where essentially you're all going on kind of the, these space-themed missions and one person is actually um, a traitor and is working against everybody. And you're trying to figure out who that person is. This is a fantastic game. In this game, it, it works with different number. It works differently with different numbers of groups or uh-huh. people, you know. But essentially, imagine you have five players and one of them gets a secret card that says you're the traitor. Mm-hmm. You have to go on, I think it's five different missions. And on each of these missions, you only send out two or three people at a time. But everyone gets to decide each round which people get sent out. And no one knows who the traitor is except for the traitor. Uh-huh. So, like, there's a lot of, like, but everyone knows that there is one. Yeah. And so you you really, like, no, Lauren's the traitor. Look at her eyes. Look at her shifty, <laughs> speedy little eyes, you know. And you'll be like, I'm not. There's no evidence to suggest that I am. When, in fact, I'm the traitor and I'm accusing you because I'm pointing the finger too hard. Yeah, right? yeah. It's all about, you know, I mean, and this is definitely one that fights can break out. Yeah. But it's all about trying to figure out who that hidden traitor is and that hidden traitor trying to not be found out. Here's what I want. I want to play a game of this mm-hmm. where I I buy two sets and I purposely make it so maybe there isn't a traitor. <laughs> maybe we're just going to go through this argument just for the sake of, you know, or that's what you do. You have like an equal number of traitor cards and like non-traitor cards, right? This is my house rules, by yeah. the way, which may break the game, but whatever. Yeah. But like imagine the fights that would break out <laughs> if like I'm the traitor and you're the traitor, but we don't know that we're the, each other traitors, so we keep accusing each other. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Yeah, and there's other ones. Um, another really popular one is Werewolf. Yeah. Where you're trying to figure out who the werewolf is. That one actually, is. there could be multiple. Yeah, traits, yeah, yeah. That one there could be multiple because there's different There's different people you're trying to figure out who they are. The only complaint I have about werewolf, and don't get me wrong, it's a great game. It's been around for a long time, is that it has player elimination. Mm-hmm. It has yeah. a thing where it, it works best with big numbers. Mm-hmm. 
the one you mentioned, the resistance, can work with five. You have to have at least five, but anything more, that's okay too. Yeah. But with werewolf, the more the better, because honestly, you need at least like sixteen people, to, like I say, ten people at least, to make it a good game. Sixteen people to make it a great game. Uh huh. But with each round, people have to vote who they banish from the village uh-huh. after you know each round of thing, because one person's going to get killed, because the werewolf kills people. So that person's dead. And then one person gets banished because they think they're trying to kill the werewolf or send them out of town. So every round you're losing two people. Yeah, and so then those people are like, well, I guess I'll go get some. I guess drink. I'll go, yeah. <laughs> for, for my birthday, my 30th birthday, uh-huh. you guys gave me that game and I love it. I, I would like to play it again, but like I said, it really only works with big numbers of people. Yeah. And we played it and literally it was, you know, oh, uh, our friend Phil, you know, uh, you're banished because, um, you know, we think you're the werewolf. And he's like, I'm not. He th- turns over his card and he's just a basic villager. He goes, I'm going to go get a beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. And I think I think that game too, like I got banished right away in the beginning because everyone always thinks I'm the bad guy. And... <laughs> you, do, you do have those beady eyes. I told you to see an optometrist No, they that. just know that if they don't get me out quickly and I am the bad guy, I will win because I'll convince everyone else, you know, we that can't take <laughs> they just can't take chances. Yeah. So each time I was like, well, I guess I'm done. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go talk to my dog. Yeah. So, that yeah, that's why that game in particular hasn't made too many rotations in our group. But I do think that hidden trader element, like, you should have at least one of those in your collection. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. So those are just games that we feel that, you know, every good enthusiast should have those games in their collection. Or at least that type of game in their collection. You know what else every good game enthusiast should have? An escape room under their belt. <laughs> Let's do the escape room report. Okay, so for this month's escape room report, we're going to talk about another, wait for it, Los Angeles-based escape room. Woo! <laughs> so uh, we did this room recently. Uh, it is the Room Escape Live Los Angeles which is, um, it's part of the, um, a national, actually world franchise called the Fox in the Box franchise. Oh, it's called, I thought it was just called Fox in the Box. Okay, but it's called Room Escape Los Angeles. That location is called Room Got Escape. It. Yeah, so okay. what it is, is it's called Room Escape Los Angeles, but it's owned by, it's part of that franchise. Got it, got it, got, yeah. it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I know, it, it's confusing, because most of them, they just call themselves Fox in the Box. Yeah. But I think what that, I think, I don't know for sure, so don't quote me on this, I think they were already Room Escape Los Angeles, uh, and then and Fox and the Boss got purchased, pur- got purchased them, and got so it. they left the name so that it wouldn't cause confusion. Um, but we mission did. unsuccessful. Yeah, um, and we've done actually Fox and the Box rooms in the past, so we were somewhat familiar <laughs> so with mixed, this company. Uh, results. Yeah, so we we'd actually done another location before, and this was the first time we did this location. And we had been told that this location was much better than the other location, and. As we will discuss, we I, I do think that's true. But we did their prison break room. Our first. Our first prison That, that is a common theme for many escape room locations it at is. prison break. And we were like, you know what? We have to get this off. The, we got to check that off the list. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Everyone does a prison escape but us, apparently. Mm-hmm. Let's do one. Yeah, like we we only recently did our first pirate room, too. And that's a very common theme, but we just hadn't you know done one yet. So, you know, you got to check all those themes off your box. We're trying to be hipster with our escape room choices, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and this room was fun because um, it incorporated um, outfits. I love dressing up. The second <laughs> I get into any room, what's the first thing I do? He finds any prop that he can put on. I find a hat I can wear or there's a coat. I will put on that coat Even and I will wear it. Even if it doesn't fit him. <laughs> we, went, we did this one 
where there's like a detective coat and I put it on and meet. Cause okay, here's my reasoning. I think it's easier to check pockets if it's on, on you. coats if it's on me. Because I might miss a pocket. But if it's on me, I can do the whole pat down on my chest and everything. And I can reach in the pockets easily, right? Uh -huh. Even the coat's too small for me. And I'm like, Chris Farley, fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> I still will put it on. And then as long as it's not uncomfortable, I will keep wearing it. Yeah. Because darn it, I'm in this room to fun. And I'm going to have all the fun I can by wearing this. Yeah. And one of the rooms that we did, it's not this one. This is major side tangent. But uh, there was a detective hat. And I put it on, it was too small for my head, but I still put it on and it kept falling off and I kept putting it right back on. Like Indiana Jones, I was not gonna leave that hat behind. So yeah, this room we actually had to dress up in um, not full jumpsuits, but at least the orange top of the prison jumpsuits. And as we know, orange is the new black. Yeah. And then we were led into actual uh, prison cells. Mm -hmm. um, and what was fun about this game is, is because they kind of split you up. Yeah. Um, you can see each other. It's not one of those where you are completely isolated from your group. No, it's my jail cell with the bars is facing your jail cell with the bars. Yeah, and it just happened. It was kind of funny um, because we were playing with our normal group of four that we go yeah. to a lot with. And um, so it's two couples. Mm -hmm. It's us and our, our other dating friends. And they actually split up the couples. And so I was with our friend's boyfriend and you were with her. <laughs> and so for those of you who have seen uh, the show um, Prison Break, uh -huh. there's a character in there where he has his pocket turned inside out in the prison and he makes some new guy like grab his pocket and hold it as he walks around. Uh -huh. And I, I call him Pockets. I know he has an actual name, but I call him Pockets, you know. And as soon as we were going in, because we were, I could tell already I was going to be paired up with our friend Christiana and you were uh -huh. paired up with her boyfriend, Chris. Yeah. So I said, I took my pocket inside out and I said, Christiana, grab onto this. <laughs> and she said, why? I'm like, just grab it. It's okay. Like, just trust me. And she did. And then as soon as you saw that and you dressed out, you just died laughing. <laughs> You're like, wow. So apparently Christiana is Greg's property now. <laughs> but ba so basically the kind of what you had to do in this room is you had to first escape your cells so that you could get to the rest of the room and so that you could get back together and work together. And we had to um, pass a lot of things back and forth between the cells. Yeah, we were close enough that like you could almost like high five. Yeah, like, almost, you, not you, quite, you yeah. Can, you can touch fingertips. Yeah. Like if you're like not super short, but like not quite close enough that I could like shake hands. You yeah, know? we had to do a lot of like throwing things or like sliding things across the floor to one another. Yeah, which is like fun. That. That's yeah. what you want in a gel escape. Yeah, yeah. One of the I think one of the great things about that room, especially at the start of that room, is there's a there was a lot of like physical interactions, and mm -hmm. there was a lot of times where we yeah we did. Oh, we have this thing over here that might help you. So let's pass this to yeah. you. Or, you know, I, at one point we had to open something, uh, a locker that was kind of a little far for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so we could get it open, but we couldn't see what was inside. But meanwhile, I could see from my perspective what was inside. But you couldn't reach it. But I couldn't reach it. So I had to tell you, like, no, like, take your little stick mm -hmm. and move it to the left. No, my left. Not your left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 my left is your left, Greg. Be quiet. Move it more left. And we got to like unscrew things and move things, and that that's always take things fun. off the wall. Take things off the wall, and that's always fun in an escape room because you it, it makes it feel more real. Like yeah. I'm actually escaping a prison. Exactly. Yeah. I I there was something hidden behind the sink. I'm going to go get it. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But my my problem with the room though is that it starts off really strong, mm -hmm. but then once you get out of your cells, it doesn't completely like drop into the bucket of disappointment, but it starts to go downhill a little bit. You know, like the puzzles get a little, you could tell they put a lot of effort in the beginning. 
Yeah. And then they were like, okay, now let's like round this off for like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, so I would, you know, kind of in a way to summarize this room is it was a very good room. Mm -hmm. It was not a great room. Oh, real quick. So the way the game is designed is that one group of people will get out of their self first (laughs) and the other people will not, you know? Uh And so Chris, John and I, we got out of ourselves first. You know, I won't say how, in case someone wants to play, but we got out Mm -hmm. and you guys were in there and then we were like, oh, there's another room over here. We're going to go explore. We'll be back. Right. And we go to the room and it's supposed to be like the guard station or the Mm -hmm. warden's office or something. I can't remember. And there is a security camera. We see you and Chris and yourselves. And there's a big blue button that says, Open all cells. Release prisoners. And I'm looking at that, and Christiana says, push it. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he was going to leave us in there. No, no. <laughs> it, I, it's not that I was thinking about leaving you there. I was like, that seems too easy. <laughs> I feel like this is a trick of some kind. Yeah. I was like, well, let's not even... You know, Lauren, if you're in a dungeon full with bones, and there's a sign that says, exit this way, right where the bones are, you don't go that way. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, the like you said, the room starts very strong. Mm-hmm. And then the puzzles kind of, they start to, it's not even that they're not good puzzles. It's just in a sub, couple cases, they don't really fit with the room, per se. Yeah. There's no reason for them. They don't really make sense in the context. Mm-hmm. The other problem with this room is there's just not enough to it. Yeah. You know, um, you and I had just, just had a discussion before we started recording. Um, it is not uncommon. Well, rooms are typically an hour long. Not always, but typically. Not always, but 90% of the case. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like the, the standard is, you know, an hour. If we, we like to get out of a room fast. We like to beat scores. We like to be, you know, be quick. Yeah, everyone wants to prove that they're good at something. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, there is something to be said with, okay, we've, we, we've paid for an hour. We want an hour's worth of entertainment, you know, but if we get out really quick and we did a really good job and we're like, yeah, we, we conquered that room, usually we're not upset. It's not a big deal. But if we got out of our room, not because we were really good, but because there just wasn't enough to that room. Yeah. Then, you know, I mean, this room, we had to use hints. Yeah. And we didn't just breeze through it. And we still got out with like a half hour remaining. So to me, that's a you know that's kind of telling me that there's just not enough to this room. Mm-hmm. That there's not enough puzzles. Uh, the room's not big enough. Whatever it is. Don't get me wrong. There was some cool puzzles outside of the jail cells. Yeah. Uh, without spoiling too much, there was this code breaking we had to do mm-hmm. where there was random gobbledygook written on different parts of the cells and walls and stuff. Yeah. That eventually we found out. Oh, it's a code where if you do this, this, and that to like each character, then it uh, suddenly forms actual like readable words mm-hmm. you know and yeah and i of course had the uh unfortunate thing of i mistranslated one of the words because i just assumed like oh it's four letters and starts with an f it's got to be four right and you're like you mean five yeah like, you know? <laughs> yeah sometimes greg's thinks he's like oh it, it's just got to be this and well, you're like don't I, assume <laughs> I, I, yeah i just ju- like i want to jump to there i want to yeah. get there take short jump to you know? conclusions yeah, yeah. Um, and th- there was kind of like an, a cool puzzle where we had to like go through mug shots to figure out stuff. So at least that, that was fun. Going it fit with the theme. It, you <laughs> that know. was one that I enjoyed. This this thing had actual real life celebrity yeah. mug shots of like Frank Sinatra, Tim Allen. You yeah. know, like and and what's good is because we're all you know in our thirties. We recognize all these people. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was calling them out by who they were. I'm like, okay, is do you guys got Marilyn Monroe? Okay. Oh, okay. actually, Marilyn Monroe. I was like, who was that? that? It was yeah. like a sex symbol. That was yeah, that, yeah. I'm like, is there a James Dean? No, there's no James Dean. Okay, you know. <laughs> but 
it's also uh, on the other side like some of the theming was a little bit lazy like you have the 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 desk in the officer's um like you know office and for some reason his desk has like triangle symbol circle symbol square symbol on like why would he have that you yeah know? or a slide puzzle and, yeah and it's yeah. like oh you wouldn't have that yeah you know? and the other reason i say that you know this room just didn't have enough content in it and so i felt like you know, we, we didn't really get our... I don't want to say we didn't get our money's worth because we still had a really good time. I but, would say so, um, but I wouldn't say it was abundant yeah. in terms of, you know. When we find, got the last thing to get out of the room, I was genuinely surprised. You're I was like, oh, that's it? Yeah, literally. Like, I thought... You know, it you know it was like a key to the open the door or whatever, and I thought there would be something else. Like, no, this key won't work because it, it triggers something else or something. And yeah. literally, you open the door, and I was like oh, it's over. It, it was a bit anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just sort of like, oh, we're done now. Okay, like, like okay. I didn't even realize we were escaping. <laughs> there was there was one that we did. And honestly, I can't remember if we talked about it for Escape Room Report or not. The Evil Genius one. Did we, we talk about yes, that? Yes, we talked about Evil okay, Genius. I can remember. But where we did one room, and at the end, the last puzzle that you do, like, all of a sudden, this, like, guy's pounding on the door saying, the police, we're coming in. And you're like, oh, your heart starts pounding. You're like, this is it. It's like the final climax. It's all building to this crescendo of, like, excitement and uh -huh. enjoyment. And, like, quick, figure out this thing right now. You have 30 seconds. Go, you know, kind uh -huh. of thing. And this one's like, key, walk, 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 click, done. Yeah. Like, there, there's no, like, telling you that this is it. There's no telling you that's the key that you're looking for. It doesn't say warden's key or, like, you know, anything like that. It's just, you just get another key that you think, oh, I guess this is it. Yeah, and, then, and what's funny is there were there were some other like cabinets in there that we had never gotten into, and we kept thinking, oh well, surely we'll have to get into this cabinet. Oh, surely this will be the key to that cabinet. And we, you just don't get in that cabinet. It's just there for looks, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that kind of like yeah. Yeah, you. It was just that. I would say that's the only like it was a good room. It just wasn't a great room because it just didn't. It didn't have enough to it. It needed to be. It needed to be more complex or something. Yeah, I agree. It needed something to to make it a bit more uh fleshed out yeah you know like i'm not saying that they eat it's hard to say i i want to say they need a few more puzzles but at the same time considering the space i don't know where you put it exactly i think it's not that they need more puzzles i think the puzzles they have just need to be uh re reworked yeah they they need to either be a little bit more complex or have more steps or pieces to them mm -hmm. or something yeah yeah i don't know i mean I, I guess you know the other thing you you can consider is that we've been doing a lot of escape rooms and so we're fairly good so maybe this room is just too easy for us i don't wow, know way to hawk you on there Lord. no but i'm just saying like you know do, do <laughs> no, are, agree, we, are we saying oh it should be harder but then we're limiting half their customer base because it's harder you yeah know? yeah like it, it's hard to say um, I just know like for this room, the only, like I said, it's, it's not a, to me, it's not a great room because it just felt like we kind of got out of there really fast and we just, it wasn't like it was super, we breezed through it. We no. needed clues. We got stuck and we still only took a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that, and this is my opinion, cause I'd like to try to come up with ideas to like, you know, armchair, like how we fix this. Uh huh. I think the first room with getting out of the jail cell, perfect. Don't touch a thing. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. Once you get the warden's room, it needs more, though. Yeah, I think, A, you need to have more work to get into the warden's room. Because as far as I remember, and, like, we did this uh, last la at the end of last year in December. Yeah. Know? So, like, uh, it's been, like, two months now, you know, pretty mm -hmm. much a month and a half. As far as I remember, as soon as Christiana and I got out of the, our cell, we walked to the door, just turned the knob, and it opened. 
I don't think there was a no, thing that we needed to. Didn't you? Um, I had that grid in the in our jail cell, and I had to tell you how to plug something in. Did you? Yeah, but okay, but okay. the thing was that was really easy, and I had already figured it out before you got out. So it was literally just oh, put those here, put that here. Okay, your eyes are in. Oh, that's right. You like did. we, it was already. But still, I feel like it should have been a bit more than that, you know. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I think that they need to do is they need to do more blind man puzzles where like. Like you said, like you had the stick to reach the thing, but you couldn't see it. I could see it, but I couldn't reach it. Uh-huh. You know, they need to do more of that. There was a thing where there was, um, you were reading off the the code to me. You know, like uh-huh. we said, there was that cipher. You knew what the cipher was. And I was reading you off what the gobbledygook was. And then together we were, but yeah. we, couldn't, we couldn't be in the same room necessarily. We had to shout. Yeah. I think you needed one more of those. You need to have one more thing where it's, I'm way over here to the left and someone's way over there to the right and because there was a security camera feed mm-hmm. that you could look at yeah one of those cameras could have pointed towards something else that then like it's something that you can't see unless you're looking right at the security camera feed yeah know? yeah or, i mean i think there was something actually, no no there was something but... like that to give us a start of the code but i'm saying do another one of them yeah you know? it'd be cool if they were cycling too so yeah. you have to like yeah that's be what I'm saying. It's, it. like, it's like it's like a panning back and forth security camera like you mm-hmm. imagine in jail but also like every 10 seconds it clicks Channel two, click channel three. Yeah. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I think you, because then it's like, oh, I got to wait for the next cycle. Hold on, hold on. You know? Yeah. And I think also being a prison break theme, it would be nice if there was more things where like, okay, we had to take this panel off and put these wires in and things like that because it wouldn't just open. We couldn't just push the button. Yeah. I want to, I want to take more things off. I thought it would have been maybe cool if, uh, in order for you guys to get out. Cause I, I thought, okay, that's the thing. You know what it is? That's the thing that was missing. You guys got out too easy. Because yeah. we got out and we were like, button, and your door just opened. Mm-hmm. I want it to be where we get out and then we can find a tool to help you get out. Yeah. You know, like maybe there is a handle that you can then put into the wall that like moves it some so you can slide out. Or, mm-hmm. You know, something. You yeah. Know. The other thing um, I thought about this location is it, like we said, it's a franchise. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done a lot of franchises ourselves. Um, I know, especially, um, not there's some in LA. We have a lot of kind of local franchises where they'll have like um, multiple locations in LA kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't done a lot of like national franchises. Um, and some of the ones that we have done are more like they have two locations. They don't necessarily have, you know, like yeah. the basement LA we've done multiple times. They have a Las Vegas location. They're not really a franchise. They just have two locations. Um, so this was really the first true franchise we've done. And it was, it was kind of interesting because we were telling them that they had, we had done their other franchise and they even said, we said, oh, well, you know, they had this one room that we really didn't like. And they were like, oh yeah, we, we won't take on that room because we don't think it's very good. So, yeah. you know, we only, we only buy the rooms, the packages for the rooms that we like kind of mm-hmm. thing, which I, I thought was interesting. I just didn't know that about, um, how, that you could buy a package. That you could like buy that. like a package like that and kind of pick and choose which. I guess it's like a how-to. Like here's how the puzzle works, and then you and set here's it up. the here's the parts. Yeah, but and you can also kind of see that because their set design is similar mm-hmm. but different. Um, I I've seen pictures of we did a bunker room with them at their other location, and I've seen pictures, and the LA bunker room is a lot nicer and looks a lot better. Have done that, it's though. very similar, but it looks better. Um, at the LA location and I will say like this this prison room although we haven't done it at their other location mm-hmm. like this the setting of it and the theming was very nice like it it did look like a prison kind of situation oh yeah I did um the other thing is we have had some bad experiences at their other place um 
you know, it's they're kind of just in this little office space at this other location. And it's clearly there's just not, office spaces. Yeah, yeah, there's not they can't do a lot of theming. We've had problems with the the people who work there aren't super professional, things no, like no, no. that. And so this LA location was a lot different. The people were very professional. Um, oh, I give they them had a, a plus way, marks for that. Yeah, they had a way better setup. Um, it, they kind of had like it was really weird. They had like the entire downstairs of this building. It was really odd. Like yeah, yeah. You had to be buzzed in. It was really odd. <laughs> well, it was also like in like near downtown LA. Yeah, it was. It was not in a very good area. That's true. Yeah. But <laughs> I will say I'm looking forward to going back because, as I recall, they were in the middle of constructing a like wizard stuff. Oh yeah, we could kind of see it. And I from could where see we were. some stuff going on back there. I'm like, oh, that looks like medieval yeah. times. What's up? <laughs> there was also a funny like this is totally doesn't have anything to do with the location of the room. But there was this really funny thing that as we got there. And we're kind of waiting in the lobby, you know, doing the whole, okay, does anyone have to go to the bathroom kind mm -hmm. of thing? Um, we're sitting there, and this group, they failed. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. girl, she goes, she pounds on the door. Hey, sorry, guys, time's up. You failed. So they come out, and they, they had, like, this really cool... Like it a made, selfie machine or It something. was like a selfie machine that made, like, a little um, boomerang kind of, like, video kind of thing of you. Like a, a GIF or yeah, GIF yeah, yeah. or whatever. And um, so th this group of, they look like probably college age kids. Yeah, I'd say they were like freshmen in college. Yeah, they were trying to do like this fun little like video that they could all kind of stick their head in. These kids could not for the life of them get organized to do it. Like they would be like, okay, ready, ready. And then someone would mess up or like, I thought you were going to go. Imagine <laughs> the scene from The Office where they're trying to get, let's get a picture of all of us jumping. Yeah. Who didn't jump? Like, yeah. Well, she's not jumping high enough. Well, maybe if we jump higher and get more air, you know. Like, Fellas, let me see you jump. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so funny. And I remember our friend Christiana turned to me and she was like, that's why they failed. Yeah. Because they have they're, no they have teamwork. teamwork. They don't yeah. have any communication. It was, I, it was really tempting to like go up to them and push them aside and like, let the adults show you how it's done. Yeah. Because we could have gotten that within seconds. Uh, yeah. You know, like, okay, you go. I go, you go. Okay, yeah. do it. You know? But, like, it was just funny because we were like, yeah, that's why they failed because none of them can, like, work together. There was, like, <laughs> half a dozen of them at least. There too, was a right? lot of them, yeah. But You it, think at least one of those brains would have been able to figure it out. That's the thing is nobody, I, I think part of their problem is nobody was stepping up as the leader to organize everybody. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, we just all want to be equal and share. And this. No. <laughs> and, I'm sorry. In an escape room? Someone needs to step up. Yeah, yeah. at least if no one else is stepping up, someone needs I'm not to step saying up. someone needs to step up for the entire time, but there will be a situation where, like, what is this puzzle? I volunteer. Yeah, you can't just all be looking at it going, I don't know. Well, you do it. Well, I do it. Well, yeah. you know, no one wants to kind of do it. No, Go, you, you have to take ownership of it. Going back to uh, one of the previous ones that we talked about with the, uh, the basement LA, uh, for the um, boiler room that they don't have there anymore, uh -huh. there was a moment where there is a, the, there's a hole in the ground, or a hole in the wall at like kneeling level that says insert head here. And everyone's like, Greg, you do it. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. I'll step up and I'll put my head in, yeah, well, yeah, I'll put my head in the guillotine, the obvious guillotine. If you spend an hour deciding who's going to be first through the door, mm -hmm. you're never going to get it out. So exactly. at some point, someone has, someone has to, to move volunteer. this narrative along. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was, that was just a funny aside of, Right away, you could tell that this group had no teamwork ability, and that's why they failed. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who are thinking about doing escape room for the first time, practice some teamwork experience, like building yeah. exercise. Communicate. Beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe cook a meal together, you know, <laughs> using only sign language. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I would say, and we will, we will eventually, I do promise listeners, we are going to do an episode all on escape rooms boxes that you can play at home. Yes. But we did have a recent we experience have... with one. 
that was not good. And so I don't know if I would go out on a limb and say, do one of those before you go to an actual no, escape room. No, 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 no. Do an do actual not. escape room and then play one no, of those. No, do a dozen <laughs> actual escape rooms, then do one of those. Yeah. yeah. I don't want you to get turned off. But spoiler for that one, one of my favorite uh, Christmas movies is Christmas Vacation, National mm-hmm. Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, because Julie Louis-Dreyfus is in there. Uh-huh. And I forget where the actor who is like her boyfriend, you know, but yeah. there's a scene where she goes, why is there carpet wet taut? I don't know, Marco. That was very much the situation that and night. that was pretty much Lauren and I doing that like, I don't understand that. Why is this like this? Great. I don't know, yeah. Lauren. Greg and I don't fight often, but like if when any if any game could have made us fight, it was that game. I, I, I thought about leaving here right there. <laughs> this, this podcast is going to be over because of stupid Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> that mummy's curse was going to wreck this. Yeah. This, this, all of this right here that I'm pointing to. You guys can see me gesturing towards my computer, right? <laughs> and towards the episode. <laughs> so definitely be uh, be on the lookout for that because we'll definitely, we need to play a couple more mm-hmm. before we can really give a full report on them, I think. But um yeah, but let's just say, spoiler alert, they'll never replace escape rooms for us. No, no, no. But in terms of uh, the, what's the name of the actual location? Because I know it's Fox in the Box, but it's like Escape Room Run or something. It's Room Escape Live Los Angeles. Room Escape Live Los Angeles. I would give it a solid B+. Plus. Yeah, I, no. It's not it's... the most amazing, you know, like, mind-blowing thing I've ever seen. Uh-huh. But at the same time, if this is your first escape room, you're not going to be too terribly disappointed. No, yeah. I think they're, I think they're a perfectly decent room. Um, yeah. I think, you know, we've played, not at that location, but we have played their um, bunker room. And that is actually a very solid yeah. room. Um, and so I think probably doing it there would be really great because I think they have better customer service and um, a little bit better theming. Do you think? Do you think the army bunker for the Cold War setting in this one in LA will still have that pink girls gel pen to write with? Because that was the one I problem know. I had with the other one that we did. It's an army setting, like all like you know like army camouflage colors, uh, like a serious like you know like kind of Cold Warish. Like Cold Warish, and also I also got like a little bit because uh, I have a little bit camo netting. I got a little bit of Apocalypse Now vibe uh-huh. to it, and then they gave me like a yellow legal pad of paper which fits, you know, so I can write notes. And then they gave me this pink gel like Bic pen that like clearly <laughs> belongs like or should belong to a seventh grade girl, and I'm like, so I'm in the army and I'm writing with the okay, sure. Just like it's little details like that that can take you out of it, you know, mm. a little bit, but. For for the purposes of the room we're talking about, there was no detail like that that really took me out of it too much. No, yeah, they even had um, they even had a good um, hint system, I would say. Yeah, that worked with the basically you're using like a smuggled in cell phone kind of thing. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just wait. Okay, I don't recall. Did we were we given that? Did we find that? Because sometimes you find, they make it you find it in the room. Yeah. That's, okay, that's what I wanted. Yeah, and but he told us he said you will find something that will give you hints and it will be clear to you what that thing. That's is. why I like to when the hint system is integrated in. It's uh-huh. not just like, here's a cell phone, you happen to have this on you. Yeah. No, it's, I, someone hit this and I found it, you know, mm-hmm. like, what, like in the sink or whatever, you know, that, that's fantastic, you know, or there was that one that we did where it was, um, the pirate one where you ring the bell and then like someone slides a handwritten piece of parchment into the door. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. You know, yeah, I don't want it. I'm in the pirate room and I'm on a walkie talkie going like, <laughs> yeah, Hello. exactly. And normally I'm not a fan of where somebody has to write something, but damn, was that guy good. He was on it like a bonnet. Like, as soon as you did it, he slid something under the door. Like, and it was like, whoa, dude. Like, 10 second delay max. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was like, I got it. So, like, normally I would say no, but, like, that guy did it well. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it was okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what the better one for Pirate would be? 
it, it's a walkie-talkie, but it's inside of a parrot. I've heard of yeah. I've heard of rooms that do that. Yeah, I'm they have talking parrots. Yes, yeah. that's just what I wanted. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about escape rooms enough. Let's move on to our Friday well, it's favorites. My, it's my favorite. Yes, we know escape rooms are our favorites. But let's move on to our Friday favorites for board games. Board games. Yes. So I'll start. You know, actually, we've I picked this, and I didn't know we would end up talking about it a couple times, but I've had Clink on the brain again. And the reason I've had Clink on the brain again is because there is... You have metal is, plate in your head from that accident when yeah, your kid is because, because my brain goes clink, clink when it thinks. <laughs> um, there is a new expansion coming out. Mm-mm. Yes, there is. It is... Dinosaur theme. Fingers crossed for dinosaur theme, guys. Fingers <laughs> crossed for Lost World Jurassic Park dinosaur theme. It is Clank the Mummy's Curse. Okay, that's fine. I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I didn't they didn't they do a, a, a there's Clank outer in, space? Yes, there's now Clank in space, and now there is the Pharaoh's Curse or the Mummy's Curse. I like that. I might consider doing that. Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't play it as often, and more less often than I would like. I would like it if we played that more often. Yeah, definitely. I can't remember how many that goes up to. I can't remember if that's kind of determined why we haven't played I it think as much. It's four. Yeah, so that might be why. But maybe an expansion increases that to five or six. But it's a whole new board, so I don't know. It's not just like a no, new but board some cards, some expansions so. also allow you to have additional players. True, true. I'm not saying that this one does, but I have to research it. But some game expansions do do that, so that's perfectly fine. Yeah, so that that's why Clank's been on my brain because mm-hmm. there's a new one out, and we like that game. So it's always exciting when something new comes out of that you like. Always good, yes. <laughs> uh, for me. My Friday favorite, and this is a weird one, but it's been on my brain lately, because one of my friends put this little bug in my ear about this <laughs> game. Uh, our new friend Melissa, who joined us, uh, Telestrations. Oh. It is actually a game in which you are, it's almost like the game Telephone you used to play as a kid, where you're told a phrase or something, and mm-hmm. then she tells somebody, and he tells somebody, comes back around Which to is you. basically my work nightmares all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's pretty much what happens at work, is you tell somebody something, and they misconstrue it and tell somebody yeah. else. And... <laughs> but in this one, how it works is, you have all these dry rate, and this one is beautifully done because it's not just paper that you have to throw away. It's dry erase bags. Which is So, like, nice. you can just redo it. We we're always a fan of uh, eco-friendly yeah. things. So, like, let's say you have the initial thing, um, like, uh, Fox in a Box, since we just talked about that company, uh-huh. right? So, I write down Fox in the Box, and I pass it to you. And then you, on the next page, have to draw a Fox in the Box. And you pass it to the third person. And that person has to look at your drawing and say, what is this? And then take a guess as to what it is. And then he, he writes, um, you know, like, cat in a crate. You know, or something, and then pass it to the next person. She, I have to draw a cat in a crate now. You know, and then she keeps going like that. So it's like half telephone, half Pictionary sort mm-hmm. of thing. But it's just overall good fun. And I, I'm, we've played it a few times a while ago, but I'm looking forward to giving that another go. Yeah, I mean, considering how much we like uh, laughronyms, yeah, which also involves drawing, I mm-hmm. could definitely see that being a hit with our group. They, oh, you know what? Maybe we do both. Maybe we get laugh credims instead of using the papers over and over we again. We do laugh, yeah. You do it on the, the eco-friendly. <laughs> True. Or maybe the that's how it starts out. It starts out with an acronym, and then they have to figure out what the acronym was from the picture you drew. We could make yeah. this really hard if we yes. wanted to. <laughs> yes. Guys, this is the genesis of a new thing. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> 2018. Yeah. We're going to make our own game company. We're going to have all sorts of cool yeah. things. We're going to have to call up Lafkinims and be like, we've thought of a way that you can expand this. You guys. We want the royalties, Lil. Yeah. 25%. <laughs> yeah. We'll be generous. 
Yeah. We've also got a designer who can help you with the box. Oh, yeah. And help you with those fonts. <laughs> yeah, help you with those fonts. <laughs> Sorry, Lafcronims. That's one of your only dings was that you've got some font issues. <laughs> but then again, she's very particular about that. So. Yeah. Well, when you when you have two artists in your group, you, they um, are very touchy about font use. Mm-hmm. Never use Comic Sans around them. <laughs> yeah. They were like, what? No. <laughs> we'll wake up with a dead horse head in your bed. <laughs> Chris used to have a lot more hair. But then he saw Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that does it for this episode of Friday is Game Night. Music for this episode was provided by bensound.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come talk games with us. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.